You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic, right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. I'm Ken. Sitting with me is Ed and Phil. And we are lucky today to have Professor Bob Bruno. Welcome, Bob. And Bob was on our show before, right? But he's, Bob's but, been but, in a few times. But I think uh, last time you were on, uh, on telephone. No, I think I came into studio the last time. No, it was was Labor Day. Was it? Right? Weren't we talking about Labor Day and the history of Labor Day? We were talking about the history of Labor Day. I thought we were in person, but you may know better. I think Bob was in the studio. I think you were in New York for that one. Ah, that's right. Don't ever correct me. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, Ed, Ed, Bob, you, Ed, you take it. Bob, you are the professor of labor and employment relations at U of I. You're also the head of the um, labor education program at U of I. I'm a, an alumni of one of yeah. your programs from yeah. from years ago. Um, and you've got a book. And you say U of I. University of Illinois. For lots of our out-of-state listeners. Yeah, that's true. There's, yeah. lots, there's lots of U of I's, aren't there? Yes. And, oh, there's only, there's there's only one Banish, University of Illinois. At Urbana-Champaign. There you go. Okay. Actually, there's one in Springfield. There's one in Chicago. And there's one in Chicago. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you're here today. Um, you've been in a few times talking about everything work-related, labor-related. Um, you know, you teach labor education to our union members at Local mm-hmm. 150 and countless others. Um, and you know we always hear at the workers Mike value what you do and I was excited to see that you've got a book out uh, entitled what work is um, and it's I, almost not a sentence by the way what work is yeah <laughs> I don't know. That's a well, good I'm not. Point. A, I'm not a language it's arts not an instructor. Yeah. I'm not an, <laughs> what work is? Yeah. Um, Tom, is this your first book? <laughs> it's no. actually the fifth. I, I'm still working on titles. Yeah, somebody I else writes. I, I, like see, I hate to see the other titles. So, <laughs> but I've I've got a little Thank bit of, a, of of background on this because as a student in Bob's program, um, he does this exercise mm-hmm. where he'll hand out. Um, you know, a survey, and everyone in the class has to answer a question, okay. and it is, work is blank. Gotcha. And you have six words to describe what work means That's to it. you. And the the title of this book is What Work Is. So um, tell us a little bit about, you know, how how you turned all these questions into a book, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's great. I appreciate getting the opportunity to, uh, to do that. Uh, so, um, you know, I, in all of my classes for years, I want to have conversations that are meaningful mm-hmm. to the students. And whether it's a labor history class or it's a labor and politics class or a collective bargaining class, I think you have to start with that primal activity that all of us yearn to do and, and, and do so much of it, and that is work. Uh, and I want to start with that conversation because I feel like you need to get to the root of the of the subject and 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 that's something that can connect everybody sure. in the classroom so uh, the the idea was to uh, offer uh, this brief writing exercise and it is correct uh, I ask people to do a little bit of writing I give them two words to prompt them work is and then I ask them to complete that statement using six words or less. Wow. And the idea is to use a, 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 a brief prompt to force them really to come up with something um, that they feel uh, and that will be provocative. And in fact, I, I was inspired by something uh, National Public Radio did mm-hmm. around the subject of race mm. to try to kind of get at how people experience race. Mm-hmm. And again, they use that sort of six word gotcha. prompt. And I've been collecting these essays. For how long? Oh, geez. Um, for maybe about a, about a dozen, maybe 10 years. Wow. Uh, and they've been piling up. 
Uh, and, and each time we do the exercise, we then have extensive conversations about the meaning of what they had to say. And I ask workers to stand up, right, to witness to this. Um, and, and, and then after curating all of the essays, uh, I realized there were some dominant themes that were popping out. Like what? Well, like time, mm-hmm. right? So many workers offered essays, things like work is forever. Mm. Work is why I'm not fishing more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Work is planting a tree for my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. All right, they're talking about present time. Yeah. They're talking about, in other essays, past time, a legacy that they bring. But they're also thinking about the future. So when they're working in the present, it's an investment in the future. Uh, so time just rippled across many of the essays. Space was another thing. Hmm. Where they work. Right. Right? Yeah. And also, the the physical world around them is a world they built. You know, we don't see the names of operating engineers on buildings or on highways. There, there would if they could. <laughs> well, and maybe, and maybe they should because their work is embedded. Sure. There. Right. So space was a powerful concept. On, on what you just said, I think it's important to note. I mean, in the building trades, anybody who's ever had a father or an uncle or oh, somebody yeah. in the building trades, if you're driving in the car with them, they'll drive past a building they worked on. And it's like, see that? I built that. And I think anyone who's got a family member in the building yeah. trades can, can relate to that. Uh, we're doing a class with um, uh, welders, iron workers, painters. Uh, they would actually, and, and there are a number of examples, they will reference where they work. So work is on the side of the road uh, or work is in Millennial Park or McCormick, is, place, or McCormick yeah. place, things like that. So it's definitely, there's a piece of geography sure. that they associate with. A third important theme was just the, 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 the diverse ways that work leaves an impact mm-hmm. on your life. So it's the physical impact, mm. right? It's a psychological impact, the emotional impact. There, uh, th- there is the impact of feeling joy and satisfaction in doing the work that you do. So everything from work is killing us slowly, right. you know, yeah. to you know, to to uh, uh, you know, work is how I grow as a human being. So both ends of the spectrum, yeah, really. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's not one-dimensional. Yeah. I, I think one of the beautiful things you come to understand is just how multi-layered and multi-dimensional work is in our lives. It's such a critical human activity. Workers wrote about the purpose they work. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, like the why? Yeah, this is the why question, Ken. Okay. You know, work is, and the word feed mm-hmm. came up a lot. Yeah. Interesting. Work is how I feed yeah. my family. Sure. Right? But work is also how I serve the nation. Mm-hmm. So work becomes a form of service. Wow. Right? Yeah. And, it, and, and, and sometimes workers would write more than one essay. And so you'd get both of these. You'd get this duality. That's interesting. You know, the, and then the last theme uh, was, who do you work for or the subject of your work? Mm. And we all would say, well, we certainly work for ourselves, right? We, uh, we need to do this in order to survive, to find some meaning and satisfaction. But we work for our kids. We work for our family. We work for our community. There were nurses uh, and, and, and construction workers who said, I work 
you know, work is on behalf of my union, mm-hmm. seeing the union as a powerful identity that they had to keep. It, it, interesting, though, the one thing, the one subject that never came up, and we're talking well, maybe once, right? Right. Over the th- nobody said they worked for the boss. Oh, good. Right. <laughs> Stick it to the man. Yeah. Well, you know, they weren't. And, and these weren't necessarily folks who were antagonistic to the boss. They weren't revolutionaries. But it wasn't. And, and they knew who was signing the check. Sure. But the subject of their work was uh, someone they loved. Yeah. People they interacted with. Right. Sometimes, pe- most cases, people they don't, they don't even know. Of course. But their service is critical, uh, too. So those were the dominant themes. Uh, and I... I tried to pull as many essays as I could into each chapter. Also draw on some philosophy, uh, because there's been some great thinkers who've, who've sort of thought about identity and work. Bring in some poetry, right. uh, bring in some music, and then bring in some contemporary um, you know, stories and data uh, about the labor movement, about the workforce, bring in some history. Uh, hopefully it's a real accessible work. Uh, to, yeah, to people. I thought so. And I think um, part of the culmination of the book was um, where you brought in this this question of who do you work for and how so many people's jobs are identified by who they say they work for and their feelings toward work. Um, but I think it says a lot that you, you mentioned that people don't work for their boss. Like people who have jobs that maybe they don't get a lot of um, satisfaction or personal growth out of, they do it for their family. You know, they're, they're always working toward mm-hmm. um, toward a goal like that. And Early on in the book, you talk about the early days of free market capitalism in uh, the United States and how free market capitalism, which so many people talk about uh, even today, that was like um, you know the Upton Sinclair book, The Jungle, mm-hmm. or the Triangle Shirtwaist mm-hmm. Factory. That's mm-hmm. when you didn't have safety regulations mm-hmm. uh, to contend with. And you know the founders of this system um, of free market capitalism would probably just as quickly have taken uh, slaves over paid workers. But... The system has evolved um, to where workers, you know, work has a something to do with what your life is and how you identify yourself, but it has to empower you to to live the rest of your life as well. Yeah, I appreciate you kind of pulling back into history a bit because the the culminating chapter, I guess you could say, well, okay, so we we've learned all of this, but you know, now what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea here is that. Uh, I wanted to help people understand how work is experienced and how a person lives their life through work. And and the idea is that if I can help them better understand, well, they're going to more strongly relate to those workers. And that means they're going to want to see public policy and they're going to want to see law that is protective of the workplace. And one of the things that I, I recommend is that we can raise the quality of work and we can increase worker satisfaction uh, by unionizing more workers. So we should have political officials who are friendlier to collective bargaining. And there ought to be laws that are uh, that are more protective. Uh, so th- the point is that, you know, yes, we t- we do have a uh, a free market capitalist economy, but it's worked best when it's been regulated. Well, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. No question about it. And so that's a, that's a touchy word right now, given what's going on in the Supreme Court, right? We are about to potentially see those administrative agencies mm-hmm. that regulate work mm-hmm. get, get decimated, right? Become completely, uh, they're already halfway toothless anyway, but now just to get the, rid of the rest of their teeth. And and so, what yeah. you know, how does that work, right? Yeah. Do, are we going to go back to the jungle and yeah. Upton Sinclair and, and you know, uh, the shirtwaist triangle fires, and what's going to happen? And, you know, workers, when in the chapter in which workers talk about the impact of their work, you know, they talk about, um, they talk about the physical 
Sure. Right? Yeah. The, the physical costs, the burden uh, that befalls uh, workers. We, we, we talk about how life expectancy is shorter for folks who are working class, who are working in more physically you know, yeah. demanding wage jobs. Uh, and maybe we don't need to have them working 40 hours a week, right? Maybe we could do a 32-hour week, a 30-hour week. But at the very least, we need regulations that will inspect workplaces that will right that will hold corporations accountable when workplaces aren't safe and any effort frankly to pull out that infrastructure that makes capitalism a little less brutal a little less harsh a little sure. fair yeah. right uh, is really setting us back uh, quite frankly but you see that i mean bob you tell me unless we're reading the tea leaves wrong we're watching it, right? We're watching uh, states pass regressive child labor laws, right. and it's we're incredible. watching the Supreme Court case take this, you know, the Chevron mm-hmm. uh, doctrine and and revisit it. And there's only one reason the Supreme Court case, you know, Supreme Court wants to revisit something, and that's to overturn it. To overturn it. And, and so, uh, you know, on one hand, you know, we've been on the sh- on the air for about a year now and mm-hmm. change, and you've seen this massive upswing of union organizing and union gains uh, and <clears throat> Just workers finally starting to realize that, you know, maybe I should get a fair piece of the pie. And then simultaneously, you have, you know, the Supreme Courts of the world and the right wings of the world and the Koch brothers of the world screaming backwards. So there's this like this. this, It seems to me that there's a coming clash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that clash has always uh, been there. That sort of class struggle uh, is constant and should be acknowledged. And and I got to tell you what these essays really reveal. Uh, and and the and the deeper discussions that you have with workers it's it's somewhat uh, it's genuinely heartbreaking because these workers talk about making America possible right they, you right. know they talk about their community being healthy absolutely I mean, I mean we physically workers physically build it yes uh, you you had Al Lawrence from the IEA educators right yeah. help the the next generation to 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 make that world. Uh, function and they're committed to doing that. I mean, th- they see value in that, and and so to have a court or have government turn their backs on them, sure, right? Uh, it, it's an that's an incredible betrayal. Yeah. Quite, quite frankly. Well, we say on this show a lot that there's dignity in all work, whether you're the person sweeping the floor or somebody who's just in the shadows doing something important that isn't well paid or isn't recognized by people. But um, you know, in America, you can work full time or beyond and still be living in poverty and it seems like the sort of external forces are expanding that that class of people rather than you know pushing it in the other direction and that's where of course obviously unions come into play and, and and workers mm-hmm. rights centers and all of the, the, mm-hmm. the people that are in this mm-hmm. room and listen to the show we have to you know we have to lift that up and when they take away the regulations then guess what then the unions are going to police it right then we're going to have to police it and people are going to have to stand up for themselves and say you know enough is enough i think you're seeing a sea change in that mm-hmm. right Ed, like the people that and Phil, like we've talked about, the people that you know would go to work and say, oh, "I'm so happy to have a job. Mm. This is great. I have a job." It's not that anymore, right? It's like, why am I working for twelve bucks an hour? Well, and, yeah, this could be know? real fertile organizing grounds when all mm-hmm. this stuff gets repealed. I, I, yeah. I think that's right. This this question, though, I mean, I thought back to when I filled this out, which would have been probably fourteen <laughs> or fifteen years ago, and I don't know what I what I answered, but it made me really think. It didn't uh, make the book. It certainly, oh, it it might. certainly <laughs> didn't make the book. 
So the so. book is What Work Is uh, by Bob Bruno. Where can folks get this book, Bob? Well, you can go to your onla- any online uh, retailer uh, and, and order it. Uh, it's now... Uh, available. You can go to the U of I Press, mm-hmm. uh, and I think if you do go to the U of I uh, Press, you go to their website uh, for a period of time. There is a uh, discount mm-hmm. on nice. the price of the book, which I'm very uh, supportive of. Uh, so hopefully, people will check it out. That's yeah. awesome. Let me yeah. know what they think. Yeah. Well, it was a great book, and uh, we really appreciate you taking time out of your, your you. schedule. Yeah, thank you so much. Here. Always a pleasure. To come on the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good work. All right, we'll be right back with uh, more of the workers' mic right here on 720 WGN.